Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Texas death match between Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks was absolutely fantastic. And you could say a Starks was born. <laughs> I was, I was going to know Sal, but then the X was so loud. <laughs> I am Luke Owen, D-A-D. I'm joined by the Professor of the Truth, your gem, that champion, Dan Layton. And welcome to the Rest of Podcast review of AEW Collision. Please do press the subscribe button if this is your first time here. And give us a little thumbs up as well because we do so many videos. And it's a busy old week here with Wrestle mm. Dream happening this weekend. And send in your... Omega Chats? No Omega Chats. He's not even he's on still it. Still oh, on the show. Stark Remark. The Stark Remark. Send in your Stark Remarks to WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. And if you are watching on demand, leave a comment down below with what you thought of this episode of Collision and this match as a whole. Well, I thought that this was a tremendous episode of collision of course you did because you're paid by them to say so well, obvious, i mean obviously like, yeah. i have to say that's like you know by contract yeah i have to say that was an excellent addition tony khan is standing just right there but even without the contract in place yeah you'd still say it was i still good. thought this was a very good episode i thought it was like it's actually i believe now officially the highest rated episode of collision by a cage match that they've ever had mm. And it is now in the top seven episodes of AEW all year long, wow. going by Cage Match uh, viewer feedback. I mean, one of the questions was uh, in, in the wake of a certain departure was how will this show that was built entirely to facilitate this person's return become uh, viable? What, what will they do? And the answer, I suppose, is just people step up to try and take their spot. Yeah. Brian Danielson shows up and it's like, hello, I'm yeah. the best wrestler on the planet. Do you need my services? Would you like a match now? <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, all right. Yeah, go on then. Go on then. You, you American go there, dragon. You go out there and have a little banger. Yeah. You all the time. Yeah. And they did it again this week. It was our main event of Danielson versus Starks. Mm. Texas death match. This is to blow off uh, their feud. Yeah. So 
Um, you know, really should have been an Iron Man match if you're going by 2K logic. But they're blowing off the feud here before he faces Zack Sabre Jr. on next submission week. match. That's why you're going wrong this whole uh, time. As an Iron Man, Iron Man match is something different. That as you'll see good. in the forthcoming Wednesday Night War, we know what we're doing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. A submission match. Yeah. <laughs> Does an Iron Man match give you a game? Um, like uh, a whole bunch of fans, I think yeah. it is. I, I never use them. No, no. So the, the risk of injury is it's high. Really, exactly, it's not yeah. really worth it. But in this context, a uh, little Texas Death match that took place in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Quite happy. Yeah. Quite happy with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, could have called it a Michigan Death match. It doesn't but quite it, have the same ring but, to but, it. But also, as a uh, a fan of history as Tony yeah. Khan is, he's like, no, no, no. That match type is called a Texas Death match, and I'm not changing it, no matter what state I'm no. in. No, I, I, I do. I will always just find it quite funny that he booked a Texas Death match in Michigan. Like mm. the match itself was great, and we had a really good. But I'm always, I'm always just. It's like they're not in Texas. It was just like, what match should we give them this week? A Texas Death match. Why not? Why not? Early on in this match, uh, Ricky Starks did a dive from the ring to Danielson, who was in the crowd. Yeah, it was proper like, and it might just be because I've just watched Barely Legal '97 for Rest Talk Extra over on Patreon. It was probably like ECW stuff, but with more plants and right. less, and less real fans. Well, it it was a really interesting segment that you've brought that one up specifically because uh, it really worked me for a minute because they were talking about how like there were fans who were quite excited to have Danielson in the front row, and as we've seen, because the match started with them brawling in the crowd. Um, fans can get quite rambunctious and quite excited. And if mm. Brian Danielson lands on your lap, you probably are going to be a bit like, well, I'm not necessarily saying you're going to like start grabbing and groping. But there was they were mentioning it in the crowd of like, oh, there's security here because these fans yep. you know, are quite excited. Got to make sure they're all protected. And before you know it, we've got a big launch to take us into the commercial break over the top that goes all the way into the crowd. And I was yeah. like, oh, you clever sausages. You really got me. <laughs> so good. I really enjoyed that. Ricky Stark did a promo mid-match. Uh, he really is like The Rock. Uh, Danielson got busted open. <laughs> Kevin Nashlemeyer is spitting. <laughs> uh, Danielson got busted open from the ring bell. Uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the spear and the lock with the choke. Like, so, like Stark's got the, the choke on with the chain, just in the same way that Danielson had choked him yeah. out. And actually, Ricky Starks had choked him out on TV as well. Mm whole feud has been built around them sort of choking each other out and he thought like Starks did he thought he got the win with it but Danielson got back up just before the 10 counts and then he got him into a chokehold did Danielson with the chain and everything and I was really enjoyed I, I I'm a big Nigel Mark I'm a huge mark for Nigel McGuinness when Ricky Starks had the chokehold on Danielson he was there going like, squeal, Peggy, squeal, mm. like turnabout is fair play. This is on you, Danielson. You brought this in. The second that Danielson put the chokehold on Ricky Starks, he was like, oh, you sick man. Yeah. You are taking this too far. Was there any need for that? Didn't Kevin Kelly call him out at one point and he went, two wrongs don't make a right, Kevin. <laughs> so good. He's really good. I mean, like, look, this is the retirement tour of of uh, Brian Dan- not to get ahead of my little piece of analysis here but if this is the Brian Danielson retirement tour Nigel McGuinness has really been giving it mm-hmm. a lot of this specifically to Brian Danielson over the past couple of weeks and for all we know he's in quite good shape there's one of those on the cards over the course of the next year or so yeah. I think I'd, I'd hope so all in London 2023 well, I mean, yeah McGuinness did reveal that you know he was in shape mm. ring ready for what he thought was going to be a match at uh, at all in yeah that, that unfortunately didn't happen in the end probably due to clearances mm-hmm. probably by the end of it um but yeah i think he's probably still going to be trying to push that he could be 
in ring ready. Yeah. Have another match between Danielson and McGuinness. Yeah. I think it would be quite nice. Uh, in the end, uh, Danielson hit a knee plus while Starks was holding the chair and he like he had it sort of in his hands. What we use the thumbnail in there. Hit him right in the uh, in the head. Got a proper cut just above his eye mm. from that chair because he took it right into the face. Uh, Danielson did the stompies and then wrapped the chain around his knee and hit another knee plus. And Starks sold this big time. Mm. Laid there motionless. Aubrey was counted the 10 and Danielson won. But like by the end of this match, like obviously Danielson was great because Danielson's always great. Mm. And you and I have talked about this on, on Collision for the last month or so. I really came out of this being like, this has just done so good for Starks. Mm. He was so hot in December last year during the MJF feud. And there was a worry that he would massively cool off. And I think you can argue that he did cool off. The Jay White feud... I felt was a way to try and elevate Starks. Like on paper, that's what it was done for. This is like you're putting Ricky Starks against the biggest free agent that, that's available right now in Jay White. But it never really caught fire in the way that it, it should have done on paper. Yeah. But since Collision, the Punk feud did wonders for Ricky Starks. The Owen Hart tournament did wonders for Ricky Starks. And I think this little mini feud with Danielson has done amazing work for him. And I really think that even though he has lost out on both the Punk feud and he's lost within the Danielson feud, he feels like such a bigger star now than he did five months ago. Yeah, I mean, he's like, I, re I read in, in one recap, I, I like to read various people's opinions of the show before before coming on to see general what the general consensus is and which bits I do and don't agree with. And there was someone who had said, you know, Daniel uh, Starks hasn't won a singles match over Danielson in his entire little mini feud. Um, just got a pin in the tag match. He yeah. pinned Danielson in the tag match. Yeah, just, uh, you know, twice uh, twice has lost to Danielson. Um, I think that doesn't matter here because both times he didn't pin, he didn't submit. He got, uh, well, there were two big times, once at um, All Out. Thank you. And, uh, and once again, last night in Collision or Sunday, Saturday night in Collision, it was a pass out or it just couldn't answer the count of 10 proper TKO, you know, which is like, you know, you, you fought your ass off and, you know, managed to, to last in that way with Brian Danielson. I think he comes off looking pretty uh, great as a result of it in the middle of it. JR said something along the lines of, I've never seen Starks this vicious. Um, he was proper going for it. Like yeah. when they were like both in the mount position and just mm. wailing down on each other, it was genuinely brutal stuff. And he was right. Yeah, exactly that. And I think, it's that that kind of pushes him over the edge to make him really legit. Like he's a real star, you know, and, and it's seeing he's got all of these strings as well. There was, uh, there has been a video going around. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter of uh, the knee, the knee thing. No, I thought it was just him shouting at a fan. So what had happened was I hadn't, haven't heard what he shouted at the fan, but what happened was he, he hit Danielson's knee with the chair when it was wrapped around the ring. Post. Yeah. Except he just doesn't he like just, his, hit, his, his knee is here yeah. and the chair is here. Um, and there are some people being like, this is just rubbish kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I didn't notice in the moment, but also, you know, whatever. And also, it's from that one angle. Exactly. Like if you feel like on TV. Angles are, you, you know. You cover for these sorts of things. Yeah. Well, that's what you, the, the era of the crash zoo was, yeah. uh, was trying to cover a multitude of sins. But like. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Smoke and mirrors. It kind of, it kind of, there's almost something in, in seeing that go around a little bit that has almost had, felt like it almost had people trying to be anti this, this little uh, moment. I don't know. I, for me, he he's just been a real star. He's really nailed it, and 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 has a response for, for if a moment like that does not go quite as as to plan, he seems to have a response for it. And and there was a moment where he does the the pose, but he's got Danielson's blood all over his hands. 
um, which was great. Like, it was a really great visual. Um, there has been, through no fault of Ricky Starks, a lot of uh, whiplash in Collision, right? Whether it's Punk, is he coming, is he going, the controversy with Hangman, mm-hmm. the um, sidebar feud with Samoa Joe, then, you know, Punk is gone, so Danielson comes in, but Danielson's also announcing his retirement, so he's calling out Zack Sabre Jr. We've got to build to that. But in the meantime, Ricky Starks has consistently delivered and, and met the moment and not allowed any of the extra faff to detract from his continued momentum, whether he's using it in a promo or he's showing in, in, in-ring ability and commitment to this heel character that he's got it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just... I'm so impressed by him. You mentioned earlier, like that he hasn't won a, a singles match mm. against uh, Danielson in this. Um, obviously, he beat Punk in the Yoan Hearts tournament, mm. so he did have a singles win over over uh, the Punker. But so some people would look at that as like, you're not pushing this guy; he's not winning. And wins and losses do matter uh, within the world of professional, no matter what some people try to argue the the opposite. But you also can get over and be made to look better in defeat. Yeah. That has been a wrestling trope for, I was going to say 30, 40 years, but really since time in memoriam, Mm. the idea of getting over in defeat is a real thing. And I think Starks has proven that in both the Punk feud and in the Danielson feud, two feuds that he has not won, he feels more over now than he did before those feuds started. He's a living embodiment of, getting over in defeat mm. that can be a crutch this idea that you can still you can lose and still look strong you can overdo it i think whatever starks next big uh program is he deserves to come out of it on top personally yeah um but you it's dead dead right uh, over the past you know he wasn't going to beat punk for the real world title that i think is where we were going to end up all out wasn't it that was going to be that match then whatever his next feud was he wasn't winning either the punk feud or this danielson feud in absentia. Particularly because Danielson's going up for Zack Sabre Jr. at Wrestle Exactly. And it's his retirement year kind of thing. So, like, he's going to get a lot of big dubs. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like for his next act, whatever it is, whether it's a, a tag run with Big Bill, whether it's Big Bill as a henchman, you know, with a run, I would like for him to have a proper, you know, yeah. he comes out on top moment. That's what I'm asking. Well. Because... As you, in in these losses, he's become a star. He's he's shown that he deserves to be seen as a bankable attraction. What you don't want to do is what happened to him in January, which mm. is he was so hot in December, and then just you just slowly inching him off the ball, and then before you know it, he's ice cold. Which is trick. Which is uh, so easily done. It's very easily done, and it's a tricky balance to to get yeah. right. But I do think he does need to come out to a big program after this. I made this point with the Orange Cassidy. Mm. After he lost the international championship in the the main events of All Out, I said to Ollie Davis, like he needs a big program coming out of this. He they need to ride this momentum that Cassidy has had, and I don't think they have to the to the best degree possible. Mm. Like he's sort of been lurking, you know, almost watching Moxley, like looking for that the potential rematch that you could do. Mm. He's now tagging with Hook at Wrestle Dream in the four way, which will be good. But is that the best use of Cassidy after that incredible title run? Probably not. I, I would argue it, was a, it would be better for him to be off camera altogether than do this, mm. which is essentially com- a complete diversion, something away entirely in, in, a, in an odd couple 
I guess they're not that odd couple, but they are kind of odd couple. Tag feud, tag program with someone who is not really like, yeah, you know, on his level kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I, I guess because my my prediction is spoilers for you know for for this weekend. My prediction is that he and Hook are going to win yeah. at Wrestle Dream and go into a feud with FTR over the tag titles. Um, only because I look at those other three teams and I'm like. All right, well, you've had a go. You've had a go. We've done, we literally just did the Young Bucks. Yeah. Lucha Bros are probably now going to be in a bit of an, a weird place because Ray Fenix is now the international champion. Yeah. And so I'm looking at it, I've been like, Cassidy and Hook. Mm. Like you give Cassidy and who Hook the others, by the way. I was trying to think who the fourth team is, and I cannot. So there you go. Yeah. There's your oh, answer. it's uh, it's the Guns. Oh, so oh God. Well, no. So it's, it's definitely not them. Yeah. Because um, they've had a go. It was had a go. We just, we did the Guns and FTR yeah. last year. So. I look at Cassidy and Hook, I'm like, that's the team that's probably going to win. And that's a fun program for, oh, yeah. for Cassidy. And it's, and it's a great elevation for Hook. Yeah. But again, I get back to I don't think that's the best use of Orange Cassidy after that international championship run. Even though Cassidy versus FTR. Yeah. yeah and actually Hook versus FTR. I'm in for that. It's why the follow-up is always kind of more important than, mm. the, than the moment kind of thing. Like the idea that um, I already feel like the, the international title has been fumbled. Like because of the loss. I mean, that's just a, a, a personal thing where I'm like, you had this run where he fought for ages, and and he had to be abs- he almost had to be killed to have it taken from him. You have to pray yeah. my cold dead hands. You've got that amazing moment, and then 17 days later, Moxley's lost it through. Like that's that wasn't the plan though. Sure, like but- that that was like I think it's unfair to say that they fumbled that belt when that was not the plan. Right, that, Phoenix was not supposed to win the belt. We'll do a DQ, I suppose. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, if, yeah, if, yeah. if Moxley's I out, haven't been, I haven't been around for the discourse, so if, I don't yeah, really know what if, people if, are saying. If Moxley's but. out and he's realised in mid-match, mm. oh, I'm concussed and I don't think I should be wrestling right. anymore. I, and he called the audible, give Phoenix the belt. Right. Well, in the same way, uh, uh, Mercedes Monet with Willow Nightingale was just like, right. I am injured. I'm not going to be able to defend this belt if I win it. So I'll call an audible and I'll lose mm. this match. That's fair. Um, either way, I think... The tag one is a bit of an odd sideways turn for that. And to, to bring us back to, to Ricky, that's why I'm, I'm hoping that we can have, but I don't know what that big program is. I'm sort well, of looking up and down the car, like Bullet Club Gold are kind of tied up with Andrade at the moment. There's potentially like a Miro thing you could do. Um, maybe, I guess, a heel he could go up against. Honestly, I don't know. Do you think like he a, needs a belt? I don't think he needs a belt. No, not everyone needs a belt. No. I don't think Orange Cassidy needs a belt. Like, I don't think he needs to put him into another title program. No, but I'm thinking if you're consistent, he's now at this point where it's like you just, you go on to your next thing. You've shown what you've got. Your next thing, do you need a TNT? A, well, actually, uh, him and Darby. Yeah. Because Darby's likely going to win the belt at Wrestle Dream. Mm. It's in Seattle. Mm. So you Darby wins the TNT championship and you could do a program with Darby and, and Ricky Starks. Mm. You could maybe argue that if you want to give Starks the win, you're hot potatoing the title. But the TNT title has become just a hot potato thing for the last two years anyway. So I don't think that's going to really change anything. Two wrongs don't make a right, Kevin. But it's, it, again, it's not what I would do with yeah, the TNT yeah. Championship. <laughs> if anything, like Luchasaurus having it for nearly a hundred days was a breath of fresh yeah. air for that belt. Yeah, what do you, what do you mean? The title hasn't changed hands. <laughs> I don't understand. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose Christian Cage has now held it there for, yeah, for, for, over, for uh, over 100 days. So, uh, hmm. uh, no, but yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it's what's next for Ricky Starks that's it, is, yeah. the, is the big question because the, what he has done over the past few months is just prove that he's got talent and abundance. And I think it, it, when you have a roster as big as AEW does, 
it can sometimes feel like some people fall slightly by the wayside after yeah. a big a big program. Um, so good luck, rather you than me. Uh, just uh, someone mentioned in the chat that they didn't remember uh, Ricky Starks feuding with Samoa Joe. You meant Punk was feuding with Samoa Joe for a, a mini brief period of time. Did I say? You, well, no, you were talking about like Ricky Starks. Oh, and, and Punk went off sidebar with Samoa Joe. Yes. Punk did. Yeah, I think no, some yeah. people thought you were saying that Ricky no, Starks no, 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 had no. a sidebar. No, no, no. 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 Rick, Ricky's been on the straight and narrow. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, let's get into your stark remarks here. Uh, Russell.com forward slash support. We'll read out all of them above the five US dollar amount. And Will here says, for the last little while, I've been thinking that Ricky was turned heel to keep Punk babyface. But since the start of him feuding with Steamboat, I've got to say that this heel turn is probably the best thing that's happened for him in AEW. Yeah, I think I think it's um, quite possibly that's, that's what happened. But like, when you lean in like this, I mean, he was getting big reactions. I remember at the beginning of Collision, anyway. So mm. he was, he people had quite a lot of affection, and then it felt a bit odd that he did such a, a cheaty thing to win. And then it was like, what's it going to be? Is a double down? Is he going to double down? Is he going to be like? Is it going to be a weird production choice? And then it was like, oh no, you're just going to lean into this character. And then 
once you've leaned in so hard and you've done such a good job with it, you should be allowed to run off with it and, mm-hmm. you know, go yeah. off on one. Hannah Allen here, just, Adam! <laughs> Hello, lovelies. The Omega chat goes out to Nick Wayne's mum. What a week for AEW. Each show has had its own flavor for me, and I've digged all of them. Wrestle Dream looks fantastic as well. Stony Storm should have won that title. Show attack. Lots of love. Jam that jam. Joe, hashtag Adam! <laughs> Uh, yeah, we were all big into Tony Storm, but uh, Ollie Davis was the, uh, I would say, the Dan Layton of that review by saying that he didn't like the... Uh, I'm only saying that because you're the only person in the room who doesn't like Eddie Kingston. No, 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 I'm pretty no, sure we're no, all in agreement, no, right? Like that's, no. that's all what we took away no, from no, last no, week's no. Collision no, Review, wasn't You it? weren't here last week. Last week I gave it big praise. I was like, this is, this is how you showcase Eddie Kingston. Eddie, Eddie Kingston's not the problem. Odd promos are the problem. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to let you feed the chat and feed the people who have these weird backwards opinions about my backwards opinions. Two wrongs don't make a right, Kevin. <laughs> uh, Kid Cuddy here says, the stakes don't seem to rock with AEW like you guys do. I was listening to the Ringer Wrestling Podcast and they said the Dynamite Grand Slam wasn't a full building. So my question is, what ways can AEW, uh, what can AEW do to improve their attendance or should they just stay niche for the hardcore fans? First, I don't know what the first part of that is because I listened to three different wrestling podcasts from the states and they all like aew in the same way that we do well i think it's i I don't know if it's quite a literal reading in that regard so much as it is because the chat goes on to point out about uh, attendance attendance, we've only had one show and that was the wembley show yeah i think that's it so i don't think that's i don't think you can point to wembley and say like ah england are way more into aew than the states yeah because i mean even that was a spectacle event and even in the trickiest periods of uh wwe we were still, but they'd come to the O2 and we'd still pack it out. They because, sold, you know, they sold out ninety yard, you know, uh, 78,000 people, I think it was for 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 SummerSlam '92. Yeah, in 1992, when the company was not hot. Yes, yeah, it's because we don't get it that often, so you can't really. It, it is comparing apples and oranges slightly. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes, you know, there's a there's a real attendance downturn at the moment. You know, these pictures of of collision that are all over the internet are and dynamite as well. Actually, do show not just the, a, a portion of the hard cam side, but an entire section of the arena and then all the way kind of around the back. And you can see that uh, Tom Scott once made a video. I might've said this before Tom Scott, who's a brilliant YouTuber made a video about a, a title sequence uh, that he loved uh, for a show called it'll be all right on the night. And within that kind of uh, shared a few uh, anecdotes about TV production. And if a crowd exists, the TV producers will show you. If they don't show you the crowd, but you still hear applause, that applause is probably canned. So if they are there, they'll want to show you. So the lights would be on in a big way, but they aren't currently in collision. They never turn the lights off a massive swathe of crowd. So that's a very legitimate thing. The crowds are are less than, I think it was something like 8,000 seats available for Grand Slam. I, don't, I can't, that's, don't quote me on that so figure. Uh, specifically compared to last year yes. and then the year previous to that. Yeah. Now, I don't think that's a cause for hand-wringing. I don't think that's a sign of you know, ah, oh, it's all downhill from here. They just they just lost the crowd in any way. The massive deal they've just got from Warner Brothers would go to show that there's value in the uh, in the company and in in the product. Um, and again, WWE has been through this, and right now they're they're a hot ticket. You know, they're, they're selling out arenas all over the place, doing better business than they've done in a long, long time. Tell that to Vince McMahon. Yeah, the business had really stagnated. I <laughs> genuinely read that and had to pace around the room. Like that was so infuriating. That's <laughs> if you've ever wondered what gaslighting is, it's that's what it is. 
it was such a beautiful thing for him to say. I had to come back. The business was really stagnant. Honestly, you guys me. weren't doing it. it oh, you man. needed me. I just, oh, God, if you did, you see the, the delusion. <laughs> the delusion, the narcissism. It just, anyway, what, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, business comes and business goes. Right now, AEW in America aren't the hot ticket. Um, the I there, there is something in the... I, I don't know what the cost of living situation is like in America. It, they run the same venues a lot. They, they are branching out a lot more. I think Wrestle Dream in Seattle. I don't know how how regularly they've been to Seattle. They've done Seattle a handful of times, but right. it's not like a regular hotbed for them. Like and say, Full like Gear's Chicago. in LA. Yeah, yeah, that's in LA. And they've done LA. They've not done LA massively, right? So it's like you know new markets, things like that. I, w- I wonder if they'll have a slightly bigger crowd. Um, and it's just a case of it's cyclical. All you can do is book good shows. If you book them, they will come. If you if you to if you do entertaining stories, if you build compelling characters that people want to see, um, then people will come and see the show. As as Wayne's World Two told us, if you book, if you book them, them, they will they come. They will come. Yeah. And I think it comes down to two things. Uh, one of which, as you mentioned, there is that they're not a hot product at the moment. And if you're not a hot product, mm. it's you've done, you're not selling tickets for it. Five years ago, WWE was not a hot yeah. product and images were being shared around of raw tapings with empty seats, SmackDown mm. tapings with even more empty seats because they were struggling to sell tickets because they were not a hot product. You fast forward five years and here they are now, the hottest product going even though the shows aren't really that great at the moment mm. like raw's a bland show smackdown while has had some fun with john cena has really missed roman reigns mm. but it's a hot product so people are buying to go and see it and people are buying to go and see the the, the tv shows and the pay-per-views but on top of that it is not a hot product and ticket prices are more expensive than what they were last year or the year previous Mm. because they're a growing company with a much larger roster with bigger stars ticket prices have increased in the same way that all companies and and live events do Mm. like you start at this price here because that is what your fan base that's the fan base you're trying to get them in but you do need to grow as a company and inflation is a real thing so you start charging higher price tickets so if you're not a hot product and you're charging more for it you are going to sell less tickets like that mm. is just that's that's maths mm. like that's that's simple economics yeah so that is why i think it's it is i i wouldn't uh, I'd agree with you i would not say it is alarm bells ringing like this company's going to be down the toilet by december 2023 because mm. they just can't sell out any buildings anymore because they won't be no. they've just signed a billion dollar deal with warner Bros. like mm. they are fine for like the next five years once again but you know you do have to turn that around at some point and the best thing to do there is you book them they will come and i don't mean to be uh the same person i always am but a lot of it's to do with the build no um it's like if it part of the reason that wwe where you're right the week shows do feel very samey you know they're not they're not offensively bad in the way that roman reigns and and some dog uh dinner was bad but they are like a little bit samey a little bit like whatever but you kind of know that you're like oh should we go and see that show tonight we'll have fun we'll have a laugh we'll enjoy ourselves when you don't have that that level of consistency and that level of um a reason to be like oh, i have to be in the room like with your big shows like with you with your wrestle dream they tell me i'm gonna get brian danielson as actually virginia there's a part of me that feels like i have to be in the room you know which is weird as well because it is the uh, you know least selling pay-per-view yeah that they'll have done since the pandemic the other side of it and this is just entered my head and this is this is almost an entirely separate podcast but like um 
there's a, the, uh, WWE has a is quite a broad church. You know, it's like families. It's like uh, it's it's kids as well. It's it's you know, dare I say it, casuals and all the rest. Whereas AEW does cater to a more like passionate, rabid uh, wrestling fan. Yeah, like well, I mean, I when I was in rest, when I, I'm a wrestling fan, like I like WWE. When I was in uh, Wembley, wandering around before all in, I did hear someone go. I think AEW is just like actual wrestling fans like it rather than people who just like television. And I was like, oh my god, people exist in the world that say this. Like, fine. Yeah. I I I don't agree that it's wrestling fans versus WWE fans. I think that's a little bit of a every fandom has one of those things of like you're a drag race fan or you're a drag fan or like you know you're you're a movies fan or you're a Star Wars fan, like whatever. <laughs> But there is something about the um, technicality and like the, the specificity of some of Tony Khan's booking because he he is a fan of that particular brand of wrestling who does spend a lot of time on Cage Match or does, you know, mm-hmm. but we do kind of thing. Um, ironic that he's always talking about not wanting granular analysis when he's one of us, like I feel like. Um, so there's something about once again broadening it out that's why chris jericho's on there that's why jim ross was there for a while because you'd be flicking around and you'd oh it's chris jericho and jim ross i remember that that's why casting R- a broad R- net he was booked on this show exactly not only that because it's, it's michigan so they're yeah. they're in his home state and i don't see that any of that as a bad thing by the way it's just it's I, right now it feels like there's a catering to the more hardcore kind of fan base um and I think that which is not base, necessarily a bad thing. Was, I, I don't think it's a bad thing either. Like it has served them well. It's served them well since 2018, like when they did all in. It served them well in the the first year, the second year, and it's you know, and then it sort of served them throughout the pandemic as well. But it's and actually coming out of the pandemic, it's it served them really well. They have their audience, mm. but that audience will fluctuate. Yeah. The you know the great thing that WWE has as and when I said it's wrestling fans like AEW. They WWE have always said they're not wrestling, they're sports entertainment. You're wrestling, Vince. F- sorry, sorry. <laughs> Daniel <laughs> made it half an hour. Made it half an hour. Daniel, I did, but that's I but no, you, that. you say it's Vince, but Triple H says it. Yeah, you know, he's, he's like, been brainwashed because, like, that's that's their lexicon is that <laughs> yeah. they are not rest. They're not a wrestling mm. show. They're a sports entertainment show. Mm. They're not wrestlers. They're sports entertainers. Mm. And the great thing about sports entertainment. And the idea of always appealing to kids. And actually, I, I mean, it's a genius business move, really. There's always kids. <laughs> kids always exist. Why do you think Happy Meals are a thing? Oh, why, why do you think like driving instructor is one of the most like reliable jobs you can ever have? Because mm. there's always going to be 17-year-olds needing to drive yeah. and wanting to learn how to drive. Yeah, Happy Meal has been an institution for so many years because there are always kids. And if those kids become 10 years old and decide I'm too old for wrestling, it's fine because there's a five-year-old mm. that's just got into wrestling. Mm. And so you just keep that perpetual audience up. Mm. And I, that's a lesson learned. I mean, we're going way off topic here yeah. now, but like we'll talk about collision in a bit. But that's a, you know, the Attitude Era is often seen as the biggest boon period for them. Mm. But the second that those teenagers and those young adults lost interest in wrestling, all just left. Yeah. And then what were you left with? Mm. You were left with dwindling numbers, dwindling attendance numbers, dwindling pay-per-view numbers, mm. dwindling merch sales, because you had appealed to teenagers and young adults, and then all of a sudden, they decided they just didn't like wrestling anymore. Mm. And I think you can even look at YouTube numbers of you know this, this sort of the, the wrestling landscape. Numbers for YouTube videos about New Japan, Ring of Honor, even AEW were bigger three years ago, bigger four years ago, than they are now because a lot of those people stopped watching wrestling 
for whatever reason, they just stopped watching and never came back. Mm. And maybe they'll come back. Maybe it was the pandemic that took them out. Maybe it was Brawl Out that took them out. Whatever it is, it's just not as big as it once mm. was. So if you're appealing to the hardcore market like Tony Khan has done, that is going to fluctuate a lot more than appealing to an, a, a rotating cast of kid characters that are mm. always going to go to your show and buy the t-shirt for whichever baby face you've told them is the best baby face this mm. week. And we've all had lapses to yeah. your point mm-hmm. every 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 wrestling fan really has gone through a phase of not watching it as much as they used to or missing it entirely and then coming back like that it's just cyclical how mm-hmm. it happens i don't see it as anything to worry about no, i wouldn't either Uh, let's get into uh, Collision. Uh, we had our usual promo uh, rounding things off of Darby, Christian, Ricky, and Danielson all cutting their promos, which I, I very much enjoy. The little crowd, I think the crowd mics were on this time for the first time in these opening promos than I remember, mm. which I really enjoyed because it meant you get a nice little pop for each person popping up on screen. Like, yeah. it, it, I don't know, it added something. I, they've not done it before, but I really liked it. Um, I'm going to mention some t-shirts later on as well. So I'm going I'm to save that, that, that t-shirt chat for a little bit okay well what a, what a tease um also actually should just point out as well a bit of um admin mm. that, that we need to do here um a lot of people watch the three counts oh yeah uh, from from last week mm-hmm. uh in which i made a uh, a very uh funny joke and okay so here's what happened two weeks ago you made this pitch on the raw podcast that was um alba fire and isla dawn Placed a curse an on the actual, an actual curse, a witchy curse, a witchy curse on yeah. the women's tag titles. And we all thought it was hilarious. It was a, it was a legitimate a pitch, genuinely brilliant idea. Thank you. And it's very very funny. <laughs> we all had a good laugh with it here, and we had a good laugh with it in the live chat. We've then since continued that on, and we just talked about it on other podcasts and mm. stuff. So in my mind, that's just Wrestle Talk lore. Yeah. So that is just part of the Wrestle Talk lexicon. I, I am very uh, influential in that regard. Yeah. So I'm like, we've joked about it in the office and stuff. It's just become part of the the zeitgeist of, of Wrestle Talk <laughs> in my mind. So when we did the three count, I was like, place Kurtz on belts, and you know, we said it's actually cut out of the episode. It was yeah. like It's something we talked about in the podcast. They're actually witches, and they place the curse on the belt. Well, I released the footage, released the Snyder cut of three count, and then, well, it's too long. <laughs> Gen- honestly, <laughs> I, that, I imagine so. That record, I think, was like fifty minutes, <laughs> and we had to. We, there's actually entries in there that we've just trimmed out. Not even just the people that were released. Mm. There were like other entries, like that's ah, not funny. No. Like that, we just we need to get this down under twenty minutes. So cut, 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 cut. We were very vicious with it, um, and it wasn't until Saturday morning. When I woke up and had loads of people message me, like, you predicted the witch cursing. I was like, oh no. Oh, people think it was my idea. Oh no. People think it was my idea. Posterity shows. And so you, and there's anyone you shared that video. I was like, nah, I'm going to lean into this. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh, I'm going to, by the way, this doesn't count, you know, because the people who watch Collision don't watch Dynamite, don't watch Raw Rules. I know there is some, there's some crossover. I'm going to read you to filth tomorrow. You just wait. Yeah. Just and, that's, wait. and that's absolutely fine because I will, I will do the apology. <laughs> once again on on that show i'll do it again on uh, i'll do it on this show i'll do it again on that show all right i'll if you want i'll probably get cut out of the episode because we've got to keep them under 20 minutes i guess i'll do it on the three cam we'll do that we're like nah, we'll cut that bit no i'll let you have it i'll let you have it this one time we kicked off our broadcast with a fantastic triple threat match mm. which 
if this was JR in 1998, would have said, it's nothing more than a damn handicap match. As Christian Cage and Luchasaurus uh, faced off against Darby Allen for the TNT Championship. Mm. I really loved on Dynamite when Christian set this match up. He even said, so a collision when we have our handicap, sorry, triple threat match. <laughs> He's so good. It's amazing. And I loved this match so much. I love this story. Mm. I love Cage and Luchasaurus. I love Nigel going on about Christian being father of the year. All of this was absolutely pitch perfect. I have got, like, for me, this is a segment, 10 out of 10, no notes, but also I've written lots of notes. Well, yeah, this is, I didn't, I saw your big paragraph. I didn't want to cut you off in the middle of it because I just completely agree. I think it was the dynamic of it being a triple threat match. Obviously, it's a handicap match, but it was it was playing into the idea of triple threat rules and the triple threat match in a way that i haven't seen for a, a while if ever kind of thing that i really enjoyed because we've had this whole thing of christian cage holding the belt not actually being the champ right he even came out with the belt he came out second yeah on this because he's not, not the, the champion, champion but he had the belt and you get that brilliant moment of the comments like despite the fact he is wearing that belt ladies and gentlemen christian cage is not the tnt champion and then you get the giant tnt championship logo for luchasaurus's entrance that yeah. they do when you're a champion you get the big the big uh, belt on the screens so like then when the match begins you have them as effectively acting as a handicap match and there's a moment where lucha goes for a pin and cage is just like no no no, get out we're not finished yet we got we we can bat we can batter him more i'll just sneak a little pin in here the second that source leaves the ring christian tries to sneak yeah. a pin in just, there. Oh, just in case just yeah. in case kind of thing they really i and to the point where I, I kept forgetting and i as i have this whole time i kept forgetting that luchasaurus isn't the champion but this is what i'm saying they've done it they've played it so well and like the idea of it honestly is so stupid like christian cage isn't the champion has no claim to the championship but has been holding it this whole time to the point where i forget that um and then you get the incredible moment where lucha holds the title for the first the time first time he's actually had his hands on the yeah. championship and then it was he turned away he's holding it and his eyes are so much like Gollum precious on the belt that cage comes over and he just sort of turns away from him yeah it, yeah christian was able to be like oh can you hand that back to me and dude just goes like oh actually yeah look at this belt a little longer so like cage has to plead with his right hand of destruction i'm just mm. like no no this is not the way that we're gonna that we're gonna win this match and so you can you know well we can we can retain the the tnt championship um and then they uh, they had a near fall off the back of that because they got hit with a belt shot, mm -hmm. and then Darby hits the coffin drop. Christian sneaks in, throws Darby out the ring, and he pins Luchasaurus. Mm. Officially, is now the TNT Championship. His master plan worked because that's a genius move by Christian yeah. Cage. He wants to be the champion. He knows he's not really the TNT champion, but has been telling people that he is. Mm. So how do you get out of the belt? I'll book a triple threat match that I'm involved in. Because if I just do a singles match with Luchasaurus, I'm winning that. Right. But I, we can work together and beat one guy up, mm. and then I can steal the pin. Ultimate opportunist. Ultimate opportunist. And he's now officially the TNT champion. I loved everything about this. Because it's so good. It's that recognition from him that is me, I think, probably seeing the belt in Luchasaurus's hands and seeing his eyes go to it. He recognizes his meal ticket as fragile, right? He's like, uh-oh, you could sort of turn on me a little bit. 
So I'm going to double down and make sure I win this match and I'm going to pin the champ to do it. Like, there's so many elements to that, to the way this all shook out. Um, I just loved it. And then you have Luchasaurus looking like a dejected puppy, being like, I'll still lift you on my shoulders. Like, yeah. I was a little bit heartbroken for him. And Nigel McGuinness as well, because they were talking about, like, how's Luchasaurus going to feel about this? Mm. And Nigel says, and this is a direct quote, as long as he gets his food in his bowl tonight, he'll be happy. There you go. And because in Nigel's mind and in Christian's mind, he is nothing but a pet. Yeah. A very vicious, violent pet that is winning matches on your behalf. But it's now going to, and they set this up later on, it's going to be a two out of three falls match against Darby Allen at Wrestle Dream in Seattle. Darby's home state, home city, I don't know what Seattle is. Oh, Washington. Washington, Washington yeah. state. Um, in his home city, uh, I think that'll be where Christian, sorry, Darby finally does get the the, the win. Well, maybe we'll save that for, for the, the prediction show because I think there's mm-hmm. some, some big things to talk about there. Maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later on as well. Mm. But I, I, this is five out of five for me, 10 out of 10, no notes. I particularly enjoyed the moment where they had an upright chair. It's like a you know, chair in a seated position. And Darby's head, were, like chin, was resting over it. And then Luchasaurus did a German suplex while Darby was holding on to that. So he just landed in this German suplex horribly. And the chair was just like mm. around him as well. It was like nuts a little bit brutal it was beautiful derby ragdolling i i love derby allen i i don't want to see christian versus derby again because i feel like i've seen it loads even though i actually haven't because i've seen derby versus luchasaurus that's again goes back i I, when they announced that i was like oh but i've seen this loads and derby's lost each time and it's like hang on no there have been shenanigans the whole way through i don't want to see it because i feel like i've seen it loads and i'm enjoying christian so much that i think you're right probably will be derby winning i'd like them to move on to something new then again it's so close to wrestle dream that you might as well it's uh an interesting one but yeah. i think the work has been really good from all of them we had a recap of sammy's promo from rampage with Takeshita running down and uh, omega chasing them off and then marvez interviewed don Callis, Takeshita, and sammy they announced that Kodorobushi will be uh, joining this six-man tag at Wrestle Dream, and the family are going to bring Will Ospreay uh, to proceedings. So it is going to be Takeshita, Sammy Guevara, and Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, and Kodorobushi. Mm. I think there's a really easy way to fix this match and make it a lot more palatable, and that is to remove Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara from it and just give me Kenny and Kota versus Takeshita and Will. At the very least, it all makes sense. Like, I can understand why they're all there. Absolutely. I've got zero interest in seeing them a part of it, though. Right, yeah. I mean, other than Guevara's glasses being excellent in this promo, I loved them. The big blue... Yeah. Oh, I I can't wait for Ollie Davis to get back from holiday. For more than one... You know, more reasons than other, I miss him. But, you know, similarly to that, he... They can't hear you. (laughs) (laughs) You won't watch this. He doesn't watch any of the product we put out. Um, He gets so hot under the collar about the fumbling of Sammy Guevara and like the bad baby face turns that have just led to even worse heel turns. Mm. So when Sammy turned heel, there was part of me being like, I can't wait for Ollie to get back and find out that Sammy's heel again. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to lose his mind. (laughs) And he will. He will come back. And I say he'll lose his mind. What he'll do is go, yeah basically not the swear there do apologize all right it's collision it's looser uh we then got the announcement that it's cage and derby uh at wrestle dream in a two out of three falls match and then we got 2.0 taking on hook and rob van dam so 
right at the start of this show, they were panning through the crowd. Oh, is it t-shirts? And there was someone wearing the APA always pounding ass t-shirt. Amazing. And then didn't spot it. Rob Van Dam comes out to Pantera's Walk, mm-hmm. which I'm still popping for, even though yeah. it's like the third time it's happened. I'm still every time I'm like, yay, he's coming out to walk by Pantera. And they're just, you know, and everyone's doing the roo spurked and everyone's joining in with the lyrics and stuff and it just pans around and then i saw a guy wearing a corn t-shirt and i'm like <laughs> these are my people <laughs> with the always pounding ass guy the corn t-shirt we're all singing pantera this is my tribe oh lugo and is big in michigan you have no idea <laughs> turns out this is where i should have been all along there it is is in michigan <laughs> who knew <laughs> so i you love th- a lake as well uh, I do actually. There yeah. are loads of lakes there. When uh, my wife and I had our honeymoon in Canada, one of our favorite things was to just go swimming in, in yeah. every lake we possibly could. That, that I, I remember. I listen when Luke tells me stories. Uh, so, yeah. Guess what? I loved this match. Yeah. Um, and all it was. <laughs> okay, here are my notes for this match. Uh, it's cute. Kevin Kelly talked about how in 2001, RVD teamed with Taz. Mm-hmm. And now here he is in 2023 teaming with Taz's son. That's a lovely little bit of cute. In the same building. I believe is what he said. I I don't know if I misheard it, but it sounded like he said they did it in the same building. Oh, that's even more cute. But for me, it was a moment when Nigel McGuinness said, I spoke with Jerry Lynn earlier, because Jerry Lynn is one of the producers and agents Mm -hmm. in AEW. And he said, because they had wars in in ECW, did Lynn and RVD. And he said, the one thing you need to do with RVD is avoid those kicks. And I was like, that is both in kayfabe and real life. Yeah, right. <laughs> so there's one thing that's always said about RVD is that he thinks the best way to make a kick look real is to kick it's you in the, in the <laughs> face. <laughs> and so guess what? RVD kicked these two lads in the face a lot, yeah. really hard, and then they won. And then I wrote in my notes here in all caps, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it was it was nothing special. It no, was nothing, no, it was you know, not. But it was really effective. And it was a good use of your RVD hometown pop. And since he's around, you might as well. Um, a moment of appreciation for Hook's gear. I really like Hook's look. I, I always have. I think it's different. Um, and I love the white boots, especially. Uh, I watched an RVD match from 1997 yesterday against Jeff Hardy. Um, because of uh, spoilers, the list for this week is best cross promotional matches. So I was, you know, figuring out the 97 one when RVD popped up on Raw and became Mr. Monday Night. And that was the, the genesis of that. Um, and it honestly is like he's not really missed a step. Like he obviously looks a lot older. His body is a different shape because your body changes when you grow older. But he's hitting these moves pretty effectively 20 plus years later. 25 years later. because he's really kicking people. Well, there you go. He's kicking people. So it doesn't need to. It's, it's, it's work hard, work smart supplements clearly work um you know he's so good for him the, the practice of yoga he just battered these two lads with yeah. various different kicks hit all of his signature spots uh hit the five star frog yeah. splash while hook had the task mission on five star yeah. match uh, for me i had a great time with it and this this was here for the live crowd yeah like it, it did the know, job it, it's for a, a casual audience that are flicking through be like oh i remember rob van Damme. yeah but really this is just and wwe did this uh, uh, last year and i really enjoyed this little run they did with it it was like, oh, we're going to be in Pittsburgh. So Kurt Angle's booked on the mm. show. Come and see Pittsburgh's own mm. Kurt Angle. And this was just to sell tickets to the event. Come and see Michigan's own Rob Van Dam. Yeah. He trained here. Yeah, it worked really well. Good stuff. Got a recap of Claudio and Dan's least favorite wrestler in the world, Eddie Kingston. Um, and and Eddie then talked to a, did a promo about defending the title against uh, Shibata, which I'm sure Dan didn't enjoy. <laughs> I actually wrote, will you read this? <laughs> will you read this thing of it? 
He said, uh, I hated this promo. <laughs> <laughs> you are fake news. <laughs> I said it's the most effective way of showing off Eddie Kingston. I really liked this promo. There are, however, too many belts. Uh, I mean, I've had, if, if you look, check the comments on today's Wrestle Talk news video, a lot of people are calling me fake news today as well. What, what, what have you told them? Well, so because Rick Boogs um, did a video on YouTube saying that, like, I got fired because Vince is not in charge anymore. Yeah. Uh, effectively is what he was. And then at one point in, in, insinuated that Triple H was behind, like, him not getting a push and, mm. and him being released. So I ran that as a story and I was like, clickbait. I don't think people know what clickbait is. People have lost all meaning of that. It's like the word build. I, I feel like it has now just lost all meaning. <laughs> you are clickbaiting by reporting the news. Dark Order cut a promo. Yeah. Uh, but it was nowhere near as good as the kingdom cutting a promo about the importance of neck health. Neck health. And they are on a drive to hit everyone with pile drivers for neck health awareness. A pile driver drive. Oh, I really enjoyed yeah. this. This uh, is yeah. great. It's a, a a thing that felt like complete nonsense has been turned into beautiful nonsense, and yeah. I appreciate it. He's got like Matt Taven's got a band on that says "Neck Health Awareness." Strong, yeah, that is oh, great. Oh, it's great. The neck strong. I love it. So good. Uh, we then had Julia Hart versus Kira Hogan. This is to set up the fact that uh, Julia Hart challenged Kira, Chris Outlander for the TBS Championship uh, for Wrestle Dreams. So there's your one women's match for the paper mm. card. Um, and that's because she's on a 25 match winning streak. Mm. Uh, now 26 because she beat Kira Hogan here. Uh, three was... minutes and 35 seconds. Back to business as usual then. Oh, yeah. yeah. Off we go. Was it really three minutes? Three minutes and 35 seconds. Honestly, I'd have told you seven. Would you? Yeah, because it was like nothing happened and it was all in a commercial break. So I'd have just said like, ah, I bet you that was probably seven minutes. <laughs> nah. No. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Sky Blue came out to help afterwards because Hart locked in her uh, submission again, but uh, she killed her too. And then Brody King cut a promo challenging Chris Statland to a match at WrestleDream. Um, which I will enjoy watching. Yeah. And it's Julie Hart versus William Nightingale on Wednesday. I saw someone on uh, on the old Twitter machine with uh, my thick take for the week saying, like, I don't care if Julie Hart's challenged for the belt. Willow needs to win here. I was like, that is not how you build someone, sir. That is, that is like, that's actually a terrible idea to give Willow a pointless win mm. over Julia Hart if the story you're telling is, is that Julia, Julia Hart is matches. on a winning streak going up against Chris Atlander, the final boss. I mean, Willow will probably win, though, let's be honest. They don't care. Uh, when it comes to winning streaks, and when, it comes, when it comes to wins and losses mattering, it's the one time of the year that, that AEW <laughs> do care about their women's division um, when you accidentally fall into these ones. We've got a recap of the Righteous getting the ROH title match at WrestleDream, which uh, Dave Meltzer was particularly down on on Wrestling Observer Radio. But I And I, I wouldn't agree with you because just do the kingdom match already. Right. It's like that's we're building to the kingdom match. Just do the kingdom match. Uh, however... I very much enjoyed this video package. Mm. I was really happy with them uh, getting married like that and sharing it with us. Yeah. You know, they're wearing white suits, prattling around a garden with a gazebo. It was a wedding video and it was lovely. Yeah, delightful. Good for them. I'm very happy for Vincent and Dutch. <laughs> uh, we got Jay White versus Andrade El Idolo, who had a war. Instantly, can I just say Switchboard is a far funnier name than Cardblade. I don't know why I had never thought of that. Switchboard is way better. Switchboard is so much better. Yeah. Well done, Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly's the man. Yeah. This was a war. It was awesome. And the crowd was super duper into it as well. Mm. Like these two went out there. Like it's a, it was a fairly hot matchup anyway, because 
Andrade has found his fire again since Collision's yeah. come back. Collision's done wonders for Jay White mm-hmm. in, in AEW. So this did feel like, wow, these are two of the biggest stars mm-hmm. on, on Collision going one on one. So the crowd were already into that. Then they just had this awesome yeah. match. And it was like the crowd, the longer it went, the more the crowd got into it. And because you had this, the FTR walk, Work Horseman match, and then the main event. Yeah, like, it was a nice final what hour. A three, like yeah. a three match stretch. It was like a really great final 45 minutes of this broadcast. And man, this was such a good match. The finish saw uh, Andrade hit the hammerlock DDT, but Juice put Jay's foot on the ropes. They Andrade then which was so smooth by the way like the way Juice sort of just popped up and got his foot on the rope and popped away the ref wouldn't have noticed that so often that can look really clunky they did such a good job there yeah and then uh, Andrade got in the figure eight but the bullet club goal distracted the referee Juice Robinson slid into the ring and clocked Andrade uh, with the collision cowboy of the month award Mm. and then Jay and I loved Jay's selling of this Jay wanted to hit the Blade Runner for the win to make sure that he was putting Andrade down because this has been a war. I know you don't know how much Andrade can mm-hmm. take. And he could not stand up because the figure eight had taken everything out of him. So he was using the ropes, had like he had the neck hold on, and he was getting up. And then he finally hit the Blade Runner, struggled to mm. hit it. It put over Andrade massively mm. and gave Jay a big win. Loved this. In many ways, the figure eight is the most protective move in two companies. Um, now, also, I keep calling it the spicy figure eight because who, well, the, the, the suggestion that they might have split up. So every time he is there, yeah. They, well, she's taken the ring out of her profile, and he's been posting things of him with no ring either. And no like, way. yeah, the looks like so. So if if they've if they've split, and he's using the figure eight on telly, it's spicy. Um, but no hopefully, way. hopefully not. You know, hopefully they're okay. I, I don't know where people see these things. Yeah, because like I was on Twitter on uh, on Friday. And all of a sudden, there was you see the thing with Shawn Michaels. Oh, because he liked a thing of Stephanie's. Yeah, he liked a thing that was burying Stephanie McMahon. And as it turns out, Shawn Michaels does not run his own Twitter account. Mm. So it was just whoever was Someone. running his Twitter account is the person that liked this, because a lot of famous people do not run their, yeah. their Twitter accounts. If anything, I should probably hand mine off to a professional, because otherwise it's me doing it. And yeah. I post up partridge content. Um, but when I was checking that out, all of a sudden, apparently, there's like rumors that Triple H and Stephanie are like split. I've up never heard. But I've never that. heard of that either. No. And there's a lot of people being like, "Here's all the evidence that shows this." I was like, where do where do these people come from? Sometimes and where do I these think, people find these things. Sometimes I think I'm too online, and then I see people who are online all the time seeing what Shawn Michaels has liked on Twitter. I, I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right. But. Uh, to, to bring it back to the match and take it away from speculating about people's private lives, which I always tell people off for doing and then do anyway because I am what? A filthy hypocrite. Um, this was sick. Like, the match was so good. They were evenly paced the whole way through. There was... Uh, Jay White's Uranagi looked so crisp. Some really, really good moves here. Spinning Uranagi's Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a, bu- a thing of beauty, as was one of the highest moonsaults I've ever seen in my life, which had that beautiful arch all the way over to uh, Bullet Club Gold, who all seem to be like hyenas and Jay White is scar do you know what i mean someone i actually saw someone on twitter say juice and the guns are the hyenas they from, are from uh, the lion king that's my little note there and jay white is scar they are that's exactly it because they and it was there was a moment where they came around they sort of started cackling at yeah. him and i was like ah that's what this has reminded me of the whole time which one's whoopi goldberg uh juice robinson ah, that makes sense oh no wait wrong juice robinson is the other one whoopi goldberg is uh long hair gun right who right. i think is the chillest of them all <laughs> which is saying something yeah yeah um but yeah, loved it. Loved it, loved it. Such a good match. Uh, really, really great. And it did a great job for Jay White. Really enjoying Jay in, in AEW mm. now. And I'm really enjoying this, this, this renewed passion for, from Andrade as well. 
Um, actually, Moonsault to the Floor is another Charlotte spot. It is, yeah. Landing on your feet, no less. We've got a recap of Santana and Ortiz having their showdown on uh, Rampage, and it makes me very sad that they're not a tag team. Mm. Uh, but Santana and Ortiz both cut very good promos. And then my boy Shane Taylor cut a cool promo on Keith Lee as well. Really like this, where he talked about how you know they they were a, t- a tag team in, in Ring of Honor, mm. and Keith Lee left to go and work for the other billionaire, and I stayed in Ring of Honor to become a legend. And he set up a match between Keith Lee and Lee Moriarty for next week, mm. and. I'm very much liking this. It's interesting because I don't, uh, you know, we were having that conversation about people who are hardcore wrestling fans who watch all the wrestling. I don't, right? I, I watch a lot. I watch more than most. I don't watch every promotion. I don't watch every, I don't know every angle. I don't know every wrestler. I had no idea Shane Taylor and Keith Lee had a thing because I don't watch ROH. It was like 2013. A lot of these like things are very peripheral ago. for me, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I'm aware of them. Like I was aware of Shinsuke Nakamura. I was, I've always been aware of an AJ Styles and maybe dipped in and out of TNA and Impact. And then, you know, when they pop up in the, like in, in the same way that I was aware of Kenny Omega and because Jericho was fighting him at Wrestle Kingdom, I watched Wrestle Kingdom and discovered who Kenny Omega was. And so by the time he comes around, I'm excited. That's how ROH feels a lot of the time. And, and you can't expect your average fan to know everything. So when you deliver a little tiny promo like this that gives that kind of here's why this match is not just a match kind of thing, it really gives you a little something extra something yeah. special I, I said this about um, when they had the kingdom aligned with Roderick Strong mm. I said to Ollie I was like they need to have a video package explaining who the kingdom are and yeah. what they're and like because like that's Adam Cole's faction yeah it's like so you need to explain to the audience who didn't weren't watching Ring of Honor what the connection is between mm. Cole and the kingdom and then they did do that video package on Rampage on, right. a, on a show that not as many people watch and i was like why is this not on collision or more importantly why is it not on dynamite the most watched show you do they did it with eddie kingston and claudio i don't know that history but they showed it to us in the very effective uh, eddie kingston promo that i put over big time last week on collision when uh, luke wasn't here um I, it was really effective it showed us why they're having a go and it was it was this brilliant use of a fantastic wrestler in the name of eddie kingdom eddie kingdom eddie kingston um so yeah, it's just, it's good. Mm. Do more of that. I like it. Uh, I there. We then got the Work Horsemen versus FTR for the AEW World Tank Team Championships. This is part of FTR's open challenge mm-hmm. of just like younger teams, newer teams, step up because we want to get the best out of this tag team division. And when this match was announced, a lot of people were down on this, yep. down on the Work Horsemen getting a shot at the tag titles. They just had a sprint of a match. And it was designed to show you why it was a good idea to book this match. Mm-hmm. And the Work Horsemen, again in defeat, got hugely over off the back of this, in the same way that uh, the Bear Bronson and the, the, the Boulders did last week. Mm. This was great. I really, really like this. Yeah, the, the match, is, it's almost like two things to talk about, which is one is the match and then one is all the extra stuff. Because I think, for me, especially my take, was never why they're getting the opportunity. Because I'm the same as you. I love this kind of open challenge, this idea that young tags are able to it was, have a come up. It was the problem you and I had with the NXT open challenge last week, which was right. like, Becky Lynch was like, I want someone new to step up. And Natalia was yeah. an 18-year veteran of WWE. Yeah. Natalia was like, yeesh, man, this is not, this yeah. is not quite I'm after from this. Yeah. It's, but but I like and I liked what we saw from Iron Savages. I've always from the past few weeks like them having they just popped up in my periphery and I was like oh a big Hoss tag team I'm yeah. here. This was another example of that. And, right, there's a, a big Hoss guy doing a moonsault, which I'm always always a fan of, even Crowd if I'm seeing it well. a lot lately. Um, but 
the match itself was really, really good, really, really effective. And I don't think anyone should really complain about younger tag teams getting the opportunity to showcase what they've got, because how do you get over if you don't get to showcase what you've got? I, I will never understand the argument. Right. Of like, why are we doing this match? I don't know yeah. who these people are. I was like, well, that's why you're putting them on TV yeah. to show you who they are. It's like whenever there was, uh, whenever there's a, a, I always talk about it with the women's division in, in WWE. It's like if you pop in a, a, a three-way women's match and one of them is someone you've booked for a while, like a Raquel Rodriguez, and then the other one is Tegan Knox, and the other one is Indy Hartwell. It's like, well, at least you haven't been on TV much, so we haven't got a reason to buy into them. You put them on TV, you get a reason. Oh, I, I liked those. It happened with the Iron Savages, right? Yeah. It's happened. It will happen with the Workhorsemen if they continue to get showcased because I really enjoyed what they had to offer. That's one side of it. The other side of it, where I think there is active and legitimate criticism, is... Aussie Open not seeming to care about the tag team titles, or rather them being booked in such a way that they are forced into this weird logic vacuum where they are pressed by this by Nigel McGuinness on the commentary, and they haven't got a, a good enough answer because there isn't a good enough answer, which is that they said basically, whether you have the tag titles or not, we want to challenge you to prove that we're the best in the world. Well, if you believe that the people with the tag team titles are the best in the world, then you should want to go for the tag team titles. If they've lost the tag team titles, then they've already had their best in the world or a chipped away. So really, you're just how are you showing off how impressive you are when you're just pick, uh, picking at the scraps like vultures? Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's the problem. Um, and then also you have this whole thing of where it's like Nigel's been like, do you want the tag title, the AW World tag? world tag team titles are really important right and their answer is almost um more important is the fact that it's a year since we fought them a royal quest and we're here to show that we're better than we were last year and we're better than them which goes to say it's tony khan and his traditions again it's like this match is happening because it was one year to the day that they had an absolutely incredible match they will have an incredible match at wrestle dream we'll all enjoy it so the problem with this match i think is not that the workhorse men are being given an opportunity no, we, we love that. That's great. The problem was this diversion which forced Aussie Open to claim that they didn't want the tag team titles, that the tag team titles were less valuable than their personal vendetta because one year ago they wrestled. That was a weird thing for me. Um, it ended the way we all knew it was going to end, honestly. It was your thing about booking a, a, a title match but also booking another title match in between. And mm -hmm. so I don't really imagine that the workhorsemen are going to go sorry excuse me workhorsemen are going to win because you've already set the match up already. exactly that's that's where there's been this weird clash so if your take is that the workhorsemen was a weird choice of a tag team to fight you're wrong the other part is the, the more important thing to focus on i think i thought aussie open were actually really good on commentary they were they were very good on commentary and actually i thought the promo they cut afterwards as well yes which was all about that idea of that like, we had a legit you know best match of the year yeah last this time last year and we have not lived up to that hype. So I think you can look at it from a logical landscape of they need to prove that they are worth the hype. Mm. So even if FTR didn't have the World Tag Team Championships, they still need to prove that they are worth the hype that they were they were been bestowed upon them by FTR by beating FTR. Same with the Young Bucks earlier this year uh, at All In. But it does have a massive hole within that, which is just like, well, surely you want the tag titles as well. Yeah. It's the same when um, Ollie made this point about uh, Punk versus Joe. It's like, well, why doesn't he want Punk Joe's TV title? It's mm. like, yeah, it's a great point. Yeah. Why, why doesn't he want that belt? Mm. And it's just a point that's never addressed. Honestly, I wouldn't have addressed this. I would not have brought it up on commentary. That's what I mean. Because 
it just puts you in a position of well why don't they want the tag titles and they said it in the promo last week they're like whether you have the titles or not like and it and it is it, why this was an own goal that you've made that's that's it they didn't need to yeah and they did a bigger own goal though is is mark davis's haircuts which i do think is which the, one's is, which mark davis is the one that is the, the one with the mustache he's dunkzilla he's the big oh guy. right not yeah. not the one with the curtains which are very in right now no i mean he's got the second worst haircut in all of professional <laughs> wrestling no mark, he's got the most worst haircut. mark think? davis mark davis those are the two worst haircuts in all of professional wrestling in all of pro wrestling they have the two worst haircuts goodness gracious yeah okay and, and, and i on record think that aussie open are the greatest tag team on you, the yeah you love them i am a i have been singing aussie opens praises now on this very channel and, and on wrestle talk et al mm. since 2017 because i do think they are the most unsung tag team on the planet who are just the best and it is like it's tight because you got like the young bucks in there now especially the usos as well you got the young bucks in there you got ftr aussie open are right within that mix mm. and they did a brilliant job at all in but they do have the worst haircuts <laughs> uh, in all of professional wrestling. Are you and just Mark, a bit jealous? Mark Davis is my guy as well. Right. Of the two, Mark's always been like, I bought Dunksilla merchandise at, <laughs> at, at, uh, at shows because I'm a Dunksilla fan. Yeah. But that haircut, honestly, he just looks like the lad from The Simpsons who's been told to shave his sideburns mm. by Mr. Burns. Who do you think has got the best haircut in wrestling? Uh, oh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Like he's easily got the best hair in all of professional okay. wrestling. Like that, that that's not even a question, Dan. Like that's that's the easiest answer in the world. Tanahashi has the best hair. Like that, that's scientifically proven he has the best hair in all of wrestling. I really like Brian Danielson's plaits. Yeah, they're they're fine. I think but he looks like a dragon. But it's it's nowhere near Hiroshi Tanahashi's hair. Mm. Who has the best hair in all? <laughs> Actually, th- having more hair doesn't mean you have. It's not because he's got more hair. hair. It's feathered. And it's- <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I just do. <laughs> Also, just you know, because we're ranking things, third worst haircut in the world is Kota Ibushi. Yes, that's the third worst haircut in all of professional wrestling. Dre- genuinely a dreadful haircut. It's just a fringe. It, but it's a bad one. Okay. <laughs> and as we all know, I should be the person I who should judge say. all the haircuts because I have none. Yeah, there you and go. And therefore, I'm a blank canvas. <laughs> you could have any haircut. I could have any haircut I want, but I choose to have this one. <laughs> Uh, and the last thing to talk about here is uh, Lexinaire interviewing CJ Perry. She has Perry. a name! <laughs> she has a name! Who interviewed CJ Perry and Miro walked up and called her a temptation, the temptation that he's trying to avoid. And CJ was like, look, I, this is fine. We can work together in this company, but not together because if you don't want me. All I'm asking is you don't lay a finger on any of my future clients. Mm. There's a lovely little bit of like, wonder who the future clients could mm. be nice little bit of spice and tease in there don't let it be hobbs that was with qt marshall can't be him go wherever you want what do you do whatever you want you're booking i like this a lot i like this idea that um miro doesn't see his wife for who she is kind mm. of thing you know like, you're just a temptation to me and she and it's like you, your temptation is being center of attention she's like no i'm a damn good manager you're who you are because of me in no small part yeah so i'm off to go and do my thing just you know let's yeah, I really liked it. That was a very effective segment. And then we had a video package for Wrestle Dream, in which it's been promised that a new era. A new era. What do you think that means? Edge. I don't I don't really think that. I don't know. <laughs> I I'll tell you what I think it means, Dan. It's a snazzy tagline right. for a pay-per-view. A lot of people thinking it might be 12. It was it just caused a lot of conversation over the weekend. 12 pay-per-views a, a month. Everything Maybe that's the new era. A lot of conversation on Twitter, Dan. We should go out. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Grass is great. Yeah. Uh, There's just not a lot around Wembley. 
Well, that is a problem. That's yeah. that, you know, you will live in the arse end of nowhere, and that's that's your own fault. Excuse you, twenty minutes to central London. Thank you very much on the <laughs> Metropolitan Line. Um, I spent my weekends uh, hanging out with my kids. I didn't have a single thought about this new era of AEW. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds lovely. It was genuinely was lovely. Yeah, it was the kids' birthday, and I had a great time. Um, but yeah, I don't honestly, I don't know what that means. No. And if you were to put a gun to my head and get to me, I think it's a snazzy tagline to put on a pay per view to make you buy the pay per view. It might well be. That I, I think that's all it is. Yeah. But yeah, I uh, I love this episode, Dynamite. I thought this episode of Dynamite was fantastic this is a proper big thumbs up if i was doing a scoring system this is a five out of five episode mm. not a bad thing on this show the women's matches is, is is what it is that was bad but that that's endemic of all of aew so okay so i will let them off so it's 4.8 then a slight little chip away but i'm not going to take a whole star off of this uh just for the the, the bad women's match uh, actually no the bad women's match AEW just not caring. Yeah. I think I've actually just got to the point now where I'm um, ambivalent to it. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Which, which is actually what they want. Yes, they want us to not care what, about not, women. To not care. I'm, I'm tired of having the discussion. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and that is exactly what, the, what they did, Dan. Fortunately, that, I've got a lot of gas in the tank. What they did, Dan. Well, I've been doing this for four years, yep. Dan. I've been having a go at this company with their bad women's division <laughs> now for four years. I'm so tired of talking about their bad women's division, their bad women's It'd booking. be so much easier if Tony just like, hired a woman. It'd be so much easier if he just tried. Yeah. And it, But all he's done over the last four years, he's just ground me down and ground me down. So I'm like, ah, fine. Luke, I can't believe you're pushing your feminist agenda. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah five out of five episodes this was loved it um <laughs> sorry mara mara's in the chat hi mara lovely to see mara as always but she is just referenced when i was just talking about like i didn't give a single thought to the yeah. uh the, the, the tagline for the show of homer Sim- of you know like i sleep in a race car what do you sleep in i sleep in a big bed with my wife <laughs> <laughs> that is a great simpsons cut there for for that conversation thank you mara Uh, right, let's get into your remaining Stark remarks once I can get Discord open. Shall uh, I read one while you're doing it? Are you there? Yeah. So uh, Thomas Chevlin says, Hey, Luke and Prof, with CJ Perry's promo on Collision alluding to managing others and telling Miro not to try and stop her, who do you think she ends up managing? I see Wardlow as a great fit. Yeah, probably better than Arn. Um, yeah. But yeah i don't know i'm a massively off the ball with wardlow depends what well. you're doing like, with I, cj's character as well i think i think wardlow it might be AEW's biggest fumbled ball mm, i would um, agree uh hugely fumbled there there with poor wardlow mm. um i saw someone it might actually be in a chat later on suggesting it could be the nemeths like ooh, if dolph comes in, in the ooh, new year. little bit carrying the thread yeah exactly yeah spicy so but apart from that, I don't know. Yeah, I'm in. Tr- I'm interested to find out. Hey, I'd actually, out. I'd actually really like to see them align uh, line herself with Ricky Starks. Mm. Not that like Ricky needs a mouthpiece or anything like that, mm. but then you can move into a Starks and Miro program. There's an idea, and I quite like the idea mm. of that. Uh, Bizarro Big L says, "Hey Luke, when did Kip Sabian's younger brother become the champion? Great collision this week. Wrestle Dream was set up quick. No complaints. When I get Eddie versus Shibata and so many more, how insane would it be if CJ's clients in January are the Nemeths? Oh, there it is. I didn't there see it is. Um, I'm two years older than." Kip Sabian, so thanks very much for that. Mm. You're just look, so youthful. You're so youthful. Mm. I actually would have pegged you at 10 years younger. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, I mean, I, t- I don't know if it's... Like, it feels like we set up Danielson and Zach Sabre Jr. like three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Yeah. 
And yeah, two yeah, movies, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't feel like it's come around quickly. I feel like some of the matches, but the build, yeah, I get you what you mean. Um, but yeah, I, enjo- I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Lee says, got back into wrestling after 10 years away in 2020, thanks to AEW, and I never watched New Japan. So far, AEW has given me zero reason to believe that Aussie Open have a chance against FTR. Sure, the match will be great from what I hear, but it's hard to care given their booking. I think that's where the conversation we were having about getting people's bums on seats comes from. It's like there's a mazy, uh, inconsistent booking here and there. It's a bit all over the place. Um, Whereas at the, at the very least, yes, it's it's basic AF and and it tiresome at this point. But at least we know we're gonna, what we're going to get when we go to you know we've got in in Raw yeah. in the WWE. You know you're going to get to go and boot Dominic Mysterio. You know you're going to get to go and do these are consistently the stars of the show. Whereas that all over the place booking kind of removes the driving factor i wonder if the video packages on this episode of collision might have changed your mind or at least given you some sort of reason mm. to care because they did you know they were using clips of royal quest mm. from yes. last year to yeah. try and show you this is who aussie open are and the match that they had against ftr last year which was like an incredible match so i wonder if that has done some way but i, I get what you mean as well because they're not featured on tv a huge amount yeah. this is a match that when it's announced I am massively excited for mm. a Aussie Open fan for for many years. B, I love that Royal Quest match, so I'm like dead excited for that. In the same way that I'm excited about Danielson versus Zach, because longtime Zach fan, mm-hmm. Danielson's the greatest wrestler on the planet. This is a legit dream match that mm-hmm. I want to see. But if you're not like you know, as Lee's pointing out here, if you're not someone who watches New Japan, and you're not familiar with Zach or watched him on mm-hmm. the Indies in the in the UK. You're like, why do I need to care about this match? And in fairness to those people, AEW haven't exactly done a lot of that no. on TV. No. It's just Daniels has been having great matches, mm. but there's no like showdown with Zach. There's no promo from Zach. Zach's been doing promos in New Japan, but they're not seeing those on TV here. Mm. So if you're not watching the New Japan product, you're not seeing the great work that Zach is doing to put this match over. It's a, it, it relies a lot on uh, the conversation online, I think, to, to drive it forward rather than giving you the reason on weekly television which is an interesting choice. Richie says, I've been following the work horsemen at my local indies since 2019 and they only keep getting better. I know FCR was a dream match for them and it absolutely delivered. In my opinion, they are the most underrated tag team in the world right now. Let's hope that they can uh, crack on more, more opportunities. Also, congratulations to JD, as they point out in commentary, the professional bowler. Professional bowler, eight 300 throws. Whatever that means. It sounds well good. Yeah, Touchdown. I like bowling. Juan Perez has been a member for 24 months in a row. That's also not an uh, an invite for people to tell me what that means in the comments down below. Uh, Juan Perez just says, Adam! Uh, And Big Boss here says, Imagine Juice and Tony's married life in kayfabe character. I don't want to. (laughs) Ben Valeric here took some time, but damn, Christian is doing really great in AEW. Like Matt Hardy with the Broken Universe, he's really proving that he's not the Genetti of his former team. Hell, he might even be the better one. I find his run better than Edge's in WWE. I'm glad he was able to come out for a time and for AEW to be around for him since WWE probably would have uh, not done much with him. He's a great in-ring worker, great talker and hella funny too the man's a legend and deserves his flowers i was thinking about this while i was watching the show during danielson wrestling i was like man i've just watched danielson i'm watching danielson wrestle i just watched rvd early in the show and i'm getting to see christian wrestle again mm. this really is like a saraya back in the ring really is you know five years ago 
wouldn't have thought that was the case. Even like two years ago, for some of those people, you wouldn't have thought that was the case. Uh, my my one uh, pushback on what you've just said here is that it took some time, but Christian is doing great. Uh, he's really proving he's not the genetic of his former team. I would argue he did that in 2005. I would argue he was doing that in 2001. Well, but I mean specifically when he went off to... to I'm trying to yeah. speak your language. He went off he went to TNA, TNA. Yeah. and had an incredible run um, and kind of proved exactly why... It's that whole thing of like, uh, you know, kind of what Rick, Rick Booth was saying. If the person at the top doesn't vibe, yeah. you kind of have a little bit hamstrung. And, and in this case, he's forced them to pay attention and they're, and they're, apparently they're very, very happy with his work, and I, as well they should be. I've been ringing the bell and banging the gong. Christian was the better brother. I think Christian was always better than Edge. It's just, I mean, in fairness, he was never going to get pushed in WWE, particularly under Vince, because Vince thought he looked weird. Yeah, which is stupid. Stupid thing. Like, have you seen you? The, the you, know? you mean Vince? Oh, yeah, not, not you. Me. No, you're, you're a handsome chap. No, I mean, like Vince's moustache. Yeah, well, like, you know, Vince's whole thing, and this is a genuinely true story, it's one that everyone knows at this point, he wanted to give Christian a gimmick where a blue dot was over his face because he thought he didn't want to look at him on TV. When a man who looks like a melting candle is telling you that you need to have a blue dot on your face, you really start to question your value. Creepy little bastard was yeah. not like, you know, that was given to Christian for a reason because mm. Vince just did not like Christian. Nonsense. But he was the better brother. Jonathan Edmonds said, I wonder if AEW was uh, only in dailies for a long time, except for pay-per-view when they tour, likely to sell more. How can I miss you if you don't go away? Well, I don't think we're in dailies for a long time because of the pandemic. Yeah. And you could only have a few people in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, the idea of how can I miss you is a very legitimate thing. Like, it's like, it's like my favorite artist hasn't released an album in seven years. And it's like, I'm chomping at the bit. Go away. Let me miss you. And then come back. You know, it's that kind of mm -hmm. thing of, um, to, to, that's why I always, I always talk about an off season. Like, could you imagine if Kevin Owens had like a or or or, or Judgment Day had an off season after losing titles? So like, I wouldn't have to watch them and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. This have, is it, which I get to see again tonight. Yeah, or Orange Cassidy. It's why if you let him go away for a little bit after losing to John Moxley, then come mm -hmm. back, we're chomping at the bit to see him again. Andy Sandbog here say, great effing show. Would love your opinions on this. Obviously, the crowds aren't as full, but does it impact your viewing experience? Bill AEW does a very good job with audience audio, and more importantly, the camera work is actually well done to the point where it's shot, uh, which is where they shoot the crowd. It does feel crowded. It feels like those pay-per-views have a unique feel to the shows. Obviously, cameras pan around more, but they really do know how to use them when they have. It doesn't affect my viewing experience. Um, mostly, I think because as well, I've gone to indie shows where like, you know, there's 10 people. Yeah. So I'm kind of used to, yeah. if I see 100 people, I'm like, whoa, this place is packed <laughs> out. Um, but all, like, as long as you're, the crowd are hot and they're mic'd, there's small crowds are bad if they're not making noise. That is when it is, like that is when it affects my viewing experience. The other side of that coin was packed out audiences in WWE in sort of like May, June time who were absolutely dead silent for some of the best wrestling I was I was watching that week. You know, it, a packed crowd doesn't inherently mean that you're going to be as vocal as, as you should be. Like, so, so no is the answer to that question. It, it doesn't affect my viewing experience. It's only when afterwards I see it that I start noticing, oh, that's a thing. And then I start wondering why from a business perspective and how they fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Cody says, I was at the show and it was a fun night. My voice hasn't 100% recovered yet. I wanted to go for Punk, but Danielson and Starks, the triple threat, and seeing Jimmy Jacobs at ROH, who's from there, was taped uh, to made up for it. Also, who's your favorite Pokemon? Yeah, I just saw that over the weekend that Jimmy Jacobs was uh, had an ROH match, which is really mm. cool. Um, I don't have... Oh, I'll tell you what, it is. Wululu, um, because it's a, it's a name that I find delightful. Charmander. 
There you go. Uh, I've never played a Pokemon game once. <laughs> Jack Lloyd says, I can't wait for Wrestle Dreams. So many of my favorites from The Righteous, Osprey, Statlander, and Swerve. I really want Swerve to win. He needs a big win. Mainly to see more of Prince Nana. Who do you want to see dethrone MJF? My pick is either Swerve or Jay. Still in a way, Adam Cole. Yeah. Adam Cole uh, or Roderick Strong or maybe even Samoa Joe. I don't know. Um, I think it's got to be within this storyline. And I think if you don't um, follow through on it, I think it'll be a waste. I do think I'd love to see Swerve get the win over Paige. Mm. Yes. Really like push himself in, in that upper mid card into that main event. Scene. Yeah, I agree with that. Andy Sandberg here says, um, I remember when we were criticizing AEW for not using Jay White correctly when they first brought him in. What is the consensus now that he is a massive prominent figure on collision? Bullet Club Gold is the best that Bullet Club has been in a long, long time. That last statement is for darn sure true. But yeah, kind of what we were saying earlier, like it's collision has been the breath of mm. fresh air that, that Jay needed in AEW. Yeah, I agree. Uh, this is one here from Danny, who just says, aka NFT, has been a member for 28 months in a row, says, thanks for the stream. You're most welcome. You're most welcome. We'll see you again Thank tomorrow. Thank you for being here. Joseph Ray has been a member for 25 months in a row, says, hi guys, using my member chat to shout out the velvety tone of Dan on his recent list videos. And Sully's commentary was hilarious in the news today. Well, thank you on behalf of us both. Yes. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Danny, for your wonderful, lovely comments as well. Um, shame that no one's uh, talked about my twerking in uh, today's news, though. Which, you know, it's a real shame. I put a lot of effort into that. <laughs> Ilan Wall has become a member. <laughs> and Eternal Blue has been a member for 27 months in a row. Says uh, so many months. Lovely stuff recently, boys. Thank you very thank much. Thank you very much, Eternal Blue. That is going to do it for this episode of the AEW Collision Review of the Rest of the Podcast. Please do press the subscribe button. This is your first time here. I'm going to end the podcast. I don't know. Sometimes you forget. I have forgotten like once. <laughs> in the meantime. Uh, so yeah, in the meantime, press the subscribe button if this is your first time here and you've made it this far. Give us a little thumbs up as well. Leave a comment down below if you're watching this on demand. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you tomorrow on the, the Raw review. Can now confirm this got 89% thumbs up yeah, yeah. with mid being 10%. I genuinely thought that would be higher. Really? I really thought that would be a 90 plus episode because we've had 90 plus episodes yeah. of collision before that i thought were not as good as this one interesting interesting i always, i think i just assume 80 percent and high i think there's always going to be naysayers oh yeah yeah uh, absolutely there will be um just going to get a quick preview up for raw because we'll be live with that tomorrow i think <laughs> i think the judgment day and kevin owens and Sami Zayn will be involved together yep. we also have um otis yeah, I mean, yeah. and um, otis and big bronson reed that's having a little big man clash that's correct i believe drew mcintyre is on uh ms tv fabulous uh, and yeah and it will be sammy and ko versus the judgment day for the tag titles because it wouldn't be an episode of raw in 2023 <laughs> post mania without it <laughs> so thank you very much for watching uh we will see you tomorrow on the monday night raw podcast review until then i've been looking dad that has been the professor dan layton the truth dan layton Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.